Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United and Football. I'm your host Matthew, and uh, it's uh, 3am for Varon, so he's not able to join us, unfortunately. you got to remember he's in a different time zone to me as well, so it will uh, impact his uh, availability for certain games, because they're not always at the same time and that sort of thing, so... Hopefully be able to join us on Saturday. But it's just me for this episode. Uh, This episode is for talking about uh, Manchester United's 2-1 win at home in the Champions League against Villarreal. With Ronaldo saving the day. Cristiano Ronaldo himself scoring a very, very late... I think it was like... uh, It was a 94th minute. There was like 30 seconds left of the game. Uh, He scored and then took his shirt off and all that sort of thing. Um... I've got a bit of a mix of emotions at the moment because, you know, I did a big cheer when Ronaldo scored, everything like that. So so it's always great to get a late winner. No, no matter what happens in the game, it's always really, really good to get a late winner. I mean, that's part of Manchester United's history in a way. With the, the whole, That's where the whole Fergie time thing comes from, is late winners and everything. But there's getting late winners and then there's just having a moment of brilliance from a player... In a 94 minute game roughly. Where you've played pretty terribly. So I've got these two like things in my mind at the moment. To where like Ronaldo scores this like. Okay it was a tap in. You know it's not like a glorious 30 yard. Uh, scream or anything. But it's a, it's a last minute goal from Ronaldo. Uh, a last minute winner from Ronaldo. In, in you know at Old Trafford. You can't not be happy. About that kind of thing happening. Um. But then, uh, you know, then you look at the performance over the 90 minutes and it's just, what were we doing in this game? I mean, I know what we were doing, but why were we doing it? You had the strange, you had a very strange situation where, okay, you had a back four that's a bit unfamiliar with each other. Delo, Varane, Lindelof, Tellez. Then you got McTominay as a holding player. Holding midfielder, which isn't his position or his the way that he plays football at all. Pogba pushing up the pitch. Then you got the bloody typical thing of Sancho on the left, Greenwood on the right, which never ever works. Ronaldo up front, Bruno at ten. I, I've, I've said this many times. I've, I've I've been in some of these like space things on on Twitter. It's basically like where you can make a little group voice chat and things. And people have kept asking why is Sancho having bad games. It's because he's playing on the left. He's not a left winger, is he? Green was not a right winger. Stop playing people out of position. But so so that already created an imbalance in the team where you've got McTominay sitting in front of the back four. Like what? And then you've got Sancho on the left out of position. McTominay as a number six, as as a CDM, out of position. Greenwood on the right, out of position. Um it just creates an imbalance in the team. And all we kept doing was what we normally kept doing, was what we normally did, which is do five or six passes between, like the the two the two midfielders and the back four, and then kick a long ball. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that right, so let let's say that they have a chance or whatever, and the, and then the goalkeeper collects the ball. If you're going to eventually do a long pass anyway, just do it straight away. Because as as I've said before, and I, I'm gonna be, I, I often do repeat myself my, myself a lot on this podcast because we keep doing the same thing. If you're gonna do a long ball 
why you got to pass it five or six times between each other and then do it? Because by the time you've made those five or six passes, the opposition's like, okay, they're not passing the ball forward, we'll just sit back. And then once we play the long pass, they're settled and ready to collect it. But we did it for 90 minutes, again. Why are we doing that? There was no variation in the play. Um, I just, I mean, some people think about, some, some people talk about like, does this manager need to go? Yes, yes, he does, because he's just—he's not gonna. I—I I don't think I don't see us winning anything with this manager. To be totally honest, I think we need to get rid of the coaching staff as well. I think we need to have a bit of a like, because if you think about the the build of our team, right? You've got a very, very, very good team. Okay, you have got your CDM, which is a bit of a question mark, but everything else is pretty good. And then you've got some world-class players in this team. You've got Ronaldo, you've got Varane, you've got Pogba and Sancho and all these other players. Uh, Greenwood's maybe a little young to call world-class, but he's still a fantastic player. But if you put a world-class team, or sort of like a half-world-class team, and then everybody else is like pretty good and average and whatever, into the hands of a manager that's never won anything, like, you know, spent a bit of time at Mulder, got relegated with Cardiff... Went to Manchester United. Why are we ex- why are we expecting to win a trophy with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? That's the people. That's what I would ask. Sort of these these Ole in people, the people that would want. Uh, actually, do you know what? Now, now that I've said that, I'm going to ask Varon because he he's an Ole in person. Um, and it's not any sort of like you know, are you Republican or Democrat or anything like that. It's just like do, it's just a simple thing of do you want this manager in or out. It's, that's basically it. Sometimes it, so- it sounds a little bit like a political stance, doesn't it? But um, I'm gonna ask him that actually next time. I hope if if I forget to, I hope some of you remind me. I'm gonna actually say to him like, do you do you think we'll actually not do you think we'll win something with Ali? Why do you think? Well, I'll ask him first of all. I'll ask him if. Okay, do you think we're going to win something with him? And if he doesn't answer the why question, like if he doesn't put that in, I'll say to him, why do you think we're going to win something with this manager? Um, like what? What is it about this manager that makes anybody think, like Ollie in people or whatever, makes them think, yes, this manager is going to win us a trophy? Like what is it about? And it's not even me being angry or anything of like, oh, what's what's the deal? It's more sort of me genuinely just calmly asking like, okay, if you want this manager to be here, first of all, why? And then you could say like, oh, he's made, you know, he's done a decent job of the rebuild and stuff. But the rebuild that we have now with Varane and Pogba and Ronaldo and everybody else, Bruno and all those sorts of players. What is it about the performance and everything so far that makes you think that this manager with this team... Can win us a trophy. We're already out of one trophy. The Carabao Cup. And that wasn't a big deal to people. But it's still a trophy. Um, Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to know that. And I'll, I'll try to remember to ask Varon. On uh, well next time he's on. If that's Saturday or whenever that's going to be. So yeah. Because I just look at. Um, I, I more look at the situation with that. And think okay. Well, how is he going to win a trophy. With those tactics and coaching. Because I just don't see it. When you've got the world-class players that you've got in your team, the way to play with this team doesn't work in terms of passing it around at the back five times and then passing a long ball. And it didn't work for 90 minutes. And it hasn't worked in most of the games that we've tried it before. 
but that's just what we do we don't really we we actually I, I did a little video about this on YouTube we don't actually work the ball through the midfield which is strange because if you think about it and again all, all this happened in this game so it's still relevant to what happened in in this game itself if you're gonna pass the ball out from the back which is what we always do how that's kind of, in my eyes how that's supposed to work is like De Gea passes it to Varane maybe he lays it off to Lindelof he passes it then to in this in this situation McTominay or Pogba then he works the ball maybe sideways once then maybe forwards but you don't pass it back and then you keep working it forward forwards and sideways is okay backwards and forwards is not okay sorry backwards and sideways is not okay cuz then you don't cuz if if you're going backwards and sideways with a football you're not passing it forward are you until we do the thing where we pass it backwards and sideways five times not move the ball forward and then do one long pass instead of doing the one long pass just do a few short passes and work the ball through the midfield but we don't do that um and i don't know why i don't know why it feels like it, when i'm watching it happen it feels like a lack of confidence it feels like no one on the team actually really wants the ball and it's like oh i'm just going to give it oh i just kicked something um <laughs> it's like oh I, I i don't want the ball you have it and it's like, okay, if you're playing sort of hot potato and sort of, I don't want the ball, I don't know what to do with it, you take it. How are you supposed to, like, do any build-up play in in a team? Because uh, we saw it again today, and that was exactly what happened. Uh, but that was what we... somehow. I, I, I look at a game like this, and I think I know why we did win this game. It's because Villarreal weren't weren't clinical enough, and because De Gea made about four or five world class saves. Because we should have lost this game, t- technically six two. Because I think they should have scored about another four or five goals. So either five or six two. It should have been. Um, but like the Teles goal is just a one wonder sort of thing. He could he could easily have not hit that on target, or keeper could have saved it, could have hit the post, could have got deflected, he could have mishit the ball. He could have miscontrolled the ball. Any number of things could have happened. Um, but he happened to hit the ball on target really well. So, yeah. Uh, I'll talk about the goals specifically themselves in a minute. But uh, I'm just getting a bit tired of it. I'm getting a bit tired of this football. But I don't know. Because if, if you've you got, what, Carrick, McKenna and Phelan, right? They're, they're the uh, the coaches. If you take Ole Gunnar Solskjaer out and you put in somebody else... You might get better team selections, like you might see Donny Moore and, and those sorts of, of players. And you might see somebody like Fred and McTominay a bit less. And Matic and McTominay, sorry, Matic and uh, uh, Van Der Beek a bit more, like a Matic and Pogba combination. But it's not always necessarily about the team that you pick. It's the way that you try to get them to play. And both oftentimes are not working. We've got the, it's sort of this three option kind of thing is like we've got the team we've definitely got the team sure the cdm thing's a little bit weird but then you got to pick the team correctly stop playing people out of position that's up to the manager and then you got to get those players that we've got who's a very good selection of players so start playing better you do that on the training ground you do that with the coaching which involves Carrick, mckenna and uh and, and Phelan. um so I, I think we kind of need to get rid of all four of them. And I think what we need to do is get in a new manager that 
plays the way that we're that fits more of the way that we're supposed to be playing, which is attacking instead of defensive football. Because if you're doing the five passes between you at the back and doing a long ball, that's kind of defensive football. Instead of like more of a fast-paced build-up play, like one-two touch passing football. That's what we should be doing, but we don't do anything close to that. So get in a manager that wants to play like that, but let that manager bring in the coaches that he wants that will be able to coach the team to play like that. Because if you bring in a manager, right, that wants to play that type of football, but he doesn't, that person doesn't bring in the coaches that can get the players playing like that, you'd have this weird mix of a manager who wants to play different football, coaches that can't coach the way that that manager wants them wants his team to play, and then a team that just would end up confused because they'd have a manager that would want them to play a certain way, a, a bunch of coaches that wouldn't be implementing that because they coach the team a different way. Um, and then you just have this... I, I don't even know what would happen there with the with the players that we got and stuff, so... I think that's ultimately what we need to do. I don't think it's I don't think it's all on Ole. Yes, I know I like pick on Ole and stuff a lot, and is it's it's mainly because of the team selections and the substitutions. And we'll get into, boy, we'll get into some substitutions uh, here here shortly. Um, but I think it's going to be just a bit of a refresh of um, coaching a manager. And granted, you know, if you get in a new manager who wants different coaches, that that transition process. Of new manager who wants to play a different way of football and coaches that will match that, those sets of those two sets of people trying to teach the team how to play that way that 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 might be the only thing left that sort of takes a little bit of time. But I would accept that if that's the case because then we'd actually know that that's the problem instead of whatever the hell is going on with Ollie and his coaches. So yeah, that's just that's just my thoughts anyway. I, you could think I'm wrong. You might think I'm right. I don't know, that's just the way I see it. Anyway, let's get into the actual summary itself. Um, oh, wow. On this football app, so let me tell you which football app I actually use. It's called Flash Score because it works better than the Sky Sports app for for, for team summaries and that sort of thing. Um, and it tells you which channel the game is on before I have to, so I don't have to look. I can just go straight to the right channel. Usually one of two channels, either Sky Sports or BT Sport, but still, it's still pretty helpful. Um, usually, this is the first time I think this has ever happened. In the summary, right, it's got, it's got nil-nil. There's nothing in the summary for the first half. Nothing. Like, the actual, I wish I could show a screenshot, maybe. Obviously, this is an audio podcast. Um, it's like, it's not, there's nothing there for the first half summary. So, I guess we'll just go straight to the second half. Because not much really happened in the... Well, according to this app, nothing happened in the first half. Because it even... It counts... So, what this shows, this app shows, it shows um, players that have scored and it's got the assist player names next to them. It's got yellow cards and it's got substitutions. Uh, I, I would assume it would have, like, red cards. And I think it has, like, missed penalties and stuff. But we didn't have any missed penalties or red cards in this game. Um, but yeah, it's got nothing for the first half, and I don't remember anything about the first half, so I guess the second half was where all the action happened. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a screenshot of this now. You've probably heard that, and then I'll I'll get a screenshot for the next game of uh, assuming that has something for the first half. So 
Um, look out. I'll, I'll show what that looks like on Twitter. EtalkUK on Twitter. If anybody's if anybody's interested in in what the this app looks like. But anyway, uh, they scored pretty early in the second half. It was the 53rd minute, so that is five about eight minutes into the second half or so. Uh, Alcacer scored. Um, he used to play for Barcelona, I'm pretty sure, but now nobody plays for Barcelona because they all left because they can't afford anybody anymore. Even even Messi left. Um, yeah, so he scored. Um, I don't have with this goal. I actually don't have a specific player to point out. I think it was just a team defensive kind of thing. Um, I mean, Delo did keep keep getting caught out and stuff, and that that wasn't very good. But um, yeah, there wasn't any sort of like. <clears throat> major individual mistake that kind of happened with that so i've not got anybody specific to point the finger at i think just defensively as a collective unit we just didn't do well enough i don't know i can't remember where everybody was um i think it was uh, they crossed it in from the left hand side didn't they um yeah actually that that was their number 15 who made the assist he's called um Dan Juma, I tell you, I was quite impressed with him actually. It's a bit like how I pointed out with uh, Bowen on the West Ham game, the two-one win from a few weeks ago, or yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I was quite impressed with him. This the uh, Dan, sorry, Dan Juma uh, is his name. Um, he's the one who made the assist. He's li- he's listed as the left winger. He made the cross for uh, Alcacer to uh, poke him. Uh, yeah, I was quite impressed with him. He's he, he looked pretty good. So um, yeah, him and Bowen have sort of caught my eye. For the opposition in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Delo doesn't stop the cross. Uh, you've got Lindelof and Varane. They don't do anything with it. Tellers is, I assume, on the other side of the pitch. I don't remember where McTominay was because he was playing as a CDM. So, it's just it's just one of them games. One, one, one of them goals, sorry. Where, um, yeah, it was just bad to concede that. So, that was 1-0. Um, then they made a very early substitution. I was quite surprised by this one actually. So 54 minutes they scored. Alcacer scored. Then he came off. About 5 minutes or so later. Um, someone called Dia came on. Then they got a yellow card. And then uh, 60th minute. So that te- that tells you actually. How uneventful the game was. Until about the 60th minute. Or you know. First 5-10 five, ten, five, ten minutes of the. Uh, second half really. I suppose uh, how uneventful it was. Uh, we got a free kick um, on the, I think it was like the right hand side edge of their box. Tellez was waiting outside. It was a simple case where Bruno crossed it. Tellez hit it on the volley, bottom corner. Um, I'll tell you something about free kicks and corners. Like, whenever we get a corner, like in, in, in any singular game where we get a corner, I never ever think I oh, will score from this. Corners are very difficult. Sc- corners and like crosses and free kicks. If you're whipping the ball into the box basically. So if it's a cross from open play or a corner. Where you're crossing the ball in. Or a free kick where you might cross the ball in. I know that we have like you know Varane and Maguire and Ronaldo. And people like that that can head the ball. I never ever think that we'll, we'll score from corners or, or like crosses. Just because... It's a bit of a gamble thing. I mean, sure, a player like, let's say, Tellez, for example, if he crosses the ball in and we've got Ronaldo, Pogba, Bruno in the box, that doesn't always guarantee that one of them's going to get their head on it. And even if it does, like, headers are very seemingly very difficult to control. Um, or, like, the opposition might just anticipate it anyway. So I, I never have any confidence it will score from 
crosses. And that's not a team-specific thing. Whenever I see any crosses in any football, uh, unless there's like a clearly obvious, like, if a team's on a counter-attack and someone's got a little bit more space. Because it's, it's, it's one of them things you try to score from where you don't have a lot of space. But where I'm going with that is we crossed the ball to Tellers. Tellers wasn't in the box. Tellers was on the edge of the box. I think that's the way that more teams should try to score, actually. Um, is like, because if you're, if you're going to whip the ball into the box, again, you don't know if it's going to go to the player that you think it's going to go to. Because um, a number of things could happen. But if you maybe like head the ball out or you cross it to the edge of the box anyway... Um, you might get somebody who's able to just hit it from the edge of the box. And that was what Tellers was able to do in this situation. And he scored. Very, very good shot from him. But again, like him hitting that is kind of not one in a million. But it's it's very rare that that will actually work. Um, that could have been a tactical type of free kick. Or it could have just been arranged between um, Bruno and uh, and Tellers. I don't know. But it, it, it did look somewhat planned. Which was, which was good, I suppose. So... Um, yeah, very good, very good hit from Tellers. Um, I'm almost wondering if Tellers would work better as like a left wing back or a left or or a left winger, because defensively he's not great. Same thing with the low, really. They're they're looked at as our two sort of attacking fullbacks, as opposed to Shaw and Wambasaka, uh, who are more defensive. Although Shaw is better at attack than what Wambasaka is. Um. Yeah, I wonder if there's a way that we could change that, but then that's down to the manager to kind of figure out anyway. So, yeah, um, so that happened, and then, uh, so right, that was the 60th minute. No subs made yet, of course, we just scored. Then they made their first sub after 61, their first sub in 61 minutes. Um, then, they made their other subs... Uh, there are the three because you've got five. So they made one really early in the 58th minute. Then they made another one in 61 minutes. And then at 73 minutes they made a triple substitution. We made our first substitution. So we're still at 1-1. Going to the 75th minute. Uh, Matic, Cavani. Sorry, no, not four at the same time. It was two at once and then two slightly or much later actually. 15 minutes left to go, 75th minute, Matic and Cavani come on, Sancho and Pogba come off. Hmm. Um, I don't know why you'd, you'd take a, um, I don't know why you'd take Pogba off if you're not winning the game. Um, if you're going to take, because here's the thing, okay, taking Cavani, bringing on Cavani for Pogba is alright. Because uh, I saw that it was... I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to work out our formation after the substitutions. Because it could be any old thing. Bringing Cavani on, good. Like, good. it was kind of good to see him play up front with Ronaldo. And that worked relatively well. Although there's not been much sort of consistency there. Or none, really. But yeah, bringing on Matic. Bringing on a CDM for a right winger. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I think McTominay was pushed further forward, probably, if if that was going to be the case. Um, and then in the 89th minute, so two like two minutes left. I know we had five minutes added on. Lingard and Fred came on the pitch. Lingard and Fred came on the pitch. Fred came on for Tellez. Fred played at left back. If I remember. 
I think it was two games ago. I can't remember which game it was. Alanga came on for Shaw, I think it was. Whoever was left back, I think it was Shaw. And Alanga played at like left wing. Then Lingard came on for Greenwood. The Lingard, even though I disagree with bringing Lingard on and how late the substitutions were anyway. Uh, I can see, like, because there's a difference between, like, you can look at certain substitutions and not agree with them, but to see what the manager was going for. So at least with the Lingard and Greenwood one, it's like, okay, you're taking off a winger for a striker, that makes somewhat sense. But bringing on a central midfielder for a left-back makes no sense at all. It's still not Donny van der Beek, though, is it? Um, I mean, you look at the bench, right? So on the bench today, we had Bailey... Cavani, Alanga, Fred, Heaton and Henderson. We keep doing that in European games, putting two goalkeepers on the bench. Uh, then Lingard, Martial, Mata, Matic, Van der Beek. So, I mean, out of the attacking, because you're bringing off... Um, who was it again? Uh, he's brought off Greenwood, striker. Well, a striker that's being put on the right wing. You could look at bringing on... I mean, he's basically trying to take a winger off for a winger. That's what he's trying to do. You've got Alanga, who's a promising player. You could have brought on Mata. Uh, I wouldn't have trusted Martial because of his recent form. And you could have shifted things around a bit and put Van der Beek there. Um, like if not, I'm not saying put Van der Beek on the right wing. But shift, shift things around a bit more. And then that would make a bit more sense. Um... I know this is going to sound like a weird thing to say, but I'm sorry, Donny. You need to you need to hand in a transfer request. Uh, I feel very very sorry for Van der Beek, and I know that this fan base goes on about Van der Beek a lot, but there's a good reason for it. And I did a whole podcast on Van der Beek and the curious case of uh, it was called the curious case of Donny Van der Beek. So I'm not going to repeat everything that I said here about like why is he not picking him and all that stuff. I've I've gone into that before. But I said this, I think I said this two matches ago. If you're Van der Beek and you had that really game, really good game against Villa, it was the cup game, wasn't it? Where we had bloody Martial and Lingard as the like attacking players, which aren't going to really give you anything. Especially not if you've got Martial at number nine. If you've got like Lingard on the right, Martial on the left, and then somebody good up front, you, you might get something out of that, but still doubtful. Um... He went with Pogba and McTominay today in the, uh, the the midfield pivot and obviously Bruno at 10 because Bruno just plays at 10 anyway regardless of anything. If you're Van der Beek and even in the 89th minute that's still late for, to bring on any player really. If you're Van der Beek in the, in the 89th minute and you see, who was it again? Was it Lingard and Fred? You're seeing Lingard and Fred come on before you. Okay, Lingard scored a pretty good goal against West Ham, and it got us. That got us to one-one, and then it was um, who scored the winner in that game? Was it Ronaldo? I think it was Ronaldo. Yeah, and then De Gea made the world-class penalty save. Um, and like Fred's been rubbish this season. Lingard's not really done much. Martial's been terrible. So there's three players that should be behind Van der Beek in the pecking order, because even the very, very little that we've seen of Van der Beek this season. He should be ahead of them. But if you're Van der Beek, right, and you think, okay, I'm probably going to be on the bench because he likes... There's four midfielders that always get in, will, will always get in front of Van der Beek. That's McTominay, Fred, Bruno, and Pogba. Usually it would be Pogba on the left, Bruno at 10, 
and then Fred and Matic, sorry, Fred and uh, McTominay in the pivot. Sometimes Matic, sometimes Pogba with somebody else on the left, uh, like it was Sancho on the left today, and then Pogba in the middle with with uh, Scott McTominay. You've got to look at that and think, okay, he's bringing not only is he bringing on Fred and and Lingard before me, but how many other midfielders is he likely to pick before me? I I just like after tonight, I would just hand in a transfer request. And just because I, I, I read out his Ajax record <clears throat> on that podcast. And he was playing pretty regularly for Ajax. A lot more regularly than what he is now for Manchester United. I would, I'd be like speaking to Van der Sar or something. And be like, can you can you take me back? I don't know. Like, um, I've said this to people on like the Twitter spaces before. It doesn't matter how good Van der Beek plays. Because he was excellent against Aston Villa. And then Fred and McTominay were put straight back in. Um, it's either a case where he preferred the manager. Because he's the one picking the team. Where he prefers Fred and McTominay. He doesn't know how to use Van der Beek. Because he's a tactical. He's more of a tactical player than whatever Matic. Uh, keep saying Matic. McTominay and Fred are supposed to be good at. Uh, I mean I like McTominay a lot more than Fred. But I like I would like McTominay next to a better CDM. I think McTominay would look like a better player. But I still think Van der Beek's better than both of them anyway. So for me, you would take both of them out that pivot, and then you put Van der Beek next to like it would be for for me it would be Van der Beek or Pogba sort of rotating next to a CDM. So somebody like Matic and then somebody else, whoever that's going to be. But uh yeah. I wonder if he like speaks to Ollie about that or I d- I don't know because they see each other like I don't think it's every day they train they see each other pretty often at the training ground. Um, there's got to be some conversation happening about what's going on with him because again he didn't 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 get picked again today. So anyway then um yeah so that was a breakdown of the subs and things um. You could just kind of see it happening though. Like once once usually we get past the 60th minute. It's like okay he's making late subs today. Uh, yeah. But even even if you rewind all the way back to the 75th minute ones. You need to be bringing your subs off before 15 minutes to go. Like that's just not enough time to settle into the game and do something. Let alone two minutes left. Like yeah it's just, it's just uh, it's a bit silly. It's a bit silly definitely. Uh, but I've said my piece on it before. I think Oli needs to go for a number of different reasons. So, yeah. But then we have the beautiful moment to end off the game. Cristiano Ronaldo with a little sort of pass assist kind of thing from, from Lingard. Laid it off to Ronaldo and buried it in no particular corner. Uh, it does say Ronaldo, Ronaldo got booked here. So that was probably for him taking his shirt off. But uh, you can you can forgive that. Uh, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo popping up to save the day. Um, it's uh, that's that's the thing with this manager. He does sort of. I think he just waits for those things to happen. Those sort of like, oh, Ronaldo will probably get me a goal, or Bruno, or Pogba, or Greenwood. Because that's the thing. If you look at this team, I said this to to, to Varon after the transfers podcast. When we knew which players we had for the season. And I said there's a lot of goals in that team. I mean if you think about it right. Let, let's let's list quickly a lot of players that could score. You've got some. I'm going to name from this team. That we've got. And then I'll think of a few others. Pogba can score goals. 
I wouldn't say McTominay necessarily. Uh, that whole front four, so Greenwood, Bruno, Sancho could start scoring if he played in his proper position, and Ronaldo, all very capable of scoring. Then you've got um, people like Cavani, Rashford. Uh, wouldn't necessarily say Van der Beek. Who's the other one? Who's the other striker? I said Greenwood, Cavani. Who's the other right winger? Uh, Diallo scored like a couple of goals. Um, but I've I've already named like I think there's eight players I've got there. So Pogba, Greenwood, Bruno, Sancho, Ronaldo, Cavani, and who was the who was the seventh one that I said? Uh, Rashford. Yeah, Rashford. That that's seven players in your team. That you can rely upon to score goals. Sure you could get like the header goal from a corner. From Varane or from Maguire. Or McTominay can shoot one of those long shots. Mata can score goals now and again. Lingard can sort of pitch in here and there. So there's a lot of goals in this team. And it's really disappointed to see that that's the case. And how little we take advantage of that. So because of the way that we play. And because of the coaching. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, that's pretty much my thoughts on the game. I thought it was a dreadful performance until Ronaldo scored. That's that's pretty much the summary of all of it, isn't it, really? Um, and because of Telez's really good shot. So, there we go. Uh, anyway, let's take a quick break here. Let's go into some housekeeping. And then we'll go into player ratings. I already have figured out my man of the match. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Okay, recently on Entertainment Talk, 
I've got the Walking Dead podcast this week, uh, season 11, episode 6, and there's two episodes left until the sort of mid-season-ish kind of break thing. Uh, so there's that. Uh, gaming talk this week, uh, we talked about the Nintendo Direct, uh, the Mario film and the casting and everything, and some information from The Last of Us Day. I also talked a bit more about my impressions of Psychonauts. And uh, for those of you interested in football, which I assume is why most of you are here, maybe you like hearing me talk, or maybe you're interested in my analysis of football, whatever. Um, I talked on that podcast as well about my experience of the... Uh, there's a mode on uh, PES 2020 called Become a Legend, and I'm doing a uh, Mason Greenwood career at the moment. And I never I never get picked out of position, by the way, always as a centre forward. So, just I'm just saying... Um, but uh, I talked about that as well, so lots of stuff on this week's gaming podcast. A special episode this month for the chat podcast for September 2021. And I also had um, transgender uh, comedian, she's called Ian Thomas Malone. Uh, she's a comedian, she just released uh, some, some new uh, material and that kind of stuff, she talked about that. But mainly we talked about LGBTQ issues and the, just the general big discussion on all those sorts of things. Both of our journeys, her as a transgender her sorry as a transgender woman and myself as a bisexual man so uh, we talked about those two different things different sort of uh, different sort of journeys and uh, that kind of stuff and talked about just um you know lgbtq discussion in general and uh, she also made me laugh a bunch of times but she's a comedian so we'd expect that from her um so that was really really good to do she was really really nice to talk to and we had a great conversation and I'm looking forward to speaking to her again at some point in the future as well. Uh, United cast, obviously you've got the 1-0 defeat to Aston Villa. Uh, American coach for Ted Lasso, that's up to season 2, episode 10. There's just two episodes left this season. United cast for the 1-0 defeat to West Ham. Uh, got last week's Walking Dead episode. Then we got last week's gaming talk, talking about Crash Bandicoot, Star Wars, and some Switch updates, some other stuff there. Analyzing television episode 13, talking about uh, TV adverts, watching some TV adverts, the good, the bad, and all the rest. So there's that one. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on, you can find us as well on podcast platforms. Let's do these player ratings. Uh, 10, man of the match, David De Gea. Uh, this is one of the best games he's had in a while. I think he's been on some really good form recently actually as well, but this particular game really does stick out a lot, I think. Um... We should have been three or four down by the first half, and then the app here would have had a summary for the first half. But uh, yeah, some really, really good saves. Um, I think what I think what kept happening. I should have brought this up in my match kind of analysis thing, because McTominay is not a CDM and neither is Pogba. They weren't tracking back very much. Neither was Greenwood. Neither was Sancho, and it just simply left us with a back four with no midfield. And they kept hit, uh, Villarreal kept hitting us on the on the counter attack, and they kept passing the ball down the side through the middle in into a lot of space, and it just left the back four. And then that when you've got a when you've got a back four of Delow, Varane, Lindelof, and Tellez, Tellez is having a bad game, Delow's having a bad game, and Lindelof's having a bad game. It leaves too much for Varane to do because when you look at the players around Varane, who was our best defensive player, I know he made a couple of mistakes, but. I'm going to explain why that happened. De Gea obviously behind him in goal. When you look at Varane and he's got Delow, Lindelof, Tellez, McTominay, Pogba near him. It's not great. It's not great. Like the midfield isn't very defensive. Delow was having a bad game. He kept getting uh, bypassed. Lindelof just kept being Lindelof. 
and then Tellez was just being Tellez, I suppose, because um, he wasn't very good defensively again. Um, but all that being said, if you kind of take, because Villarreal were able to take most of those players out of the equation, and it just left like Lindelof struggling and Varane struggling and whatever else. So um, I think De Gea did a really, really good job to keep them out because nobody else kind of would stop them. So. Uh, fantastic performance, I give him a 10. You know, it's been... It, it's weird, because we won the game, right? But you know it's a bad performance when I'm giving our goalkeeper man of the match. Our goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, but he did his... He did, certainly did his job. You can't fault De Gea at all for um, for the game today. The low, I'm going to give him a 2. Awful today. Uh, terrible crosses. Didn't get forward enough. Kept getting run past by uh, Danjuma. Who I thought was he had a really good game actually. I thought, um, just just had a really particularly bad game. So I'm going to give him a two. Uh, Varane, I'll give him an average six. I think he had a good game at certain spots. Uh, he did make a couple of mistakes, but I just explained all of that. So I'm going to give him an average six. Lindelof, I'm going to give a four. I was going to say three. Three seems a little bit low. Um, I've said I've said my piece on on Lindelof. For a long, long time, I know there's pro- I know there's a potential for new listeners who's never heard anything I've said before. Um, but st- what what? Let let me ask this: What is wrong with Eric Bailey? What what? Why aren't you playing Eric Bailey? You already loaned out Twanzebi, which was a mistake. You kept Lindelof at the club, which was a mistake. Phil Jones is still here for some reason because nobody will have him. Uh, and Maguire is the captain, so he's not going to be moved. Obviously, uh, what was it? Wambasaka was suspended. Maguire and uh, Shaw were injured, so we knew they weren't going to be in the game today. But what's wrong with Eric Bailey, Ollie? What what's wrong with Eric Bailey? Because I, I mean, every every player makes mistakes. I'm not saying any of these players are perfect, but Varane and Bailey are much better than Lindelof. Much much better. Um, sure, like, you know, I'm not saying sure as in Luke Shaw, but sure, um, Varane and Bailey might not have the long pass that Lindelof's got, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that Lindelof should be picked above the both of them. So, anyway, I, I, I get a bit tired of moaning at Lindelof, but then I do have to mention, see, it's, here's the thing with doing the United cast as opposed to any of my other podcasts. With the United cast, when I do my analysis and when I watch the team play, we do often make a lot of the same mistakes over and over again. So I will mention the same things over and over again. In different contexts with different teams and different lineups and stuff. But um, it can get slightly tiring to mention the same things that are wrong that are happening. But then I have no control over anything that happens to this team. You know? So it's like even though I kind of get a little bit tired of. And, and I feel like it's tiring to listen to me sometimes. Bang on about the same mistakes. But I can't do anything. Oh, I can't do anything to change those same mistakes. But like you know, if I see a, a different film, it's a different film. You know, if I see a different episode of TV, it's a different episode of TV. You always get something a bit different. Even with like next episodes, might be different characters, different stories. Uh, with games, I'm playing different games or doing different things in different games. With Man United, because uh, those are the four areas that I cover: TV, video games, films, Manchester United. Right? TV, you can get different stuff. Films, you can get different things games you can get different things and I don't podcast on other teams at least not very often and 
I'm here to do the United cast. So you're often going to see the same. Because of the way our manager manages this team. Or doesn't manage this team. Um, he often makes the same. It's, it's that it's that quote isn't it. The definition of insanity. Trying the same things over and over again. Trying different results. I'm not calling Ole Gunnar Solskjaer insane. But that is the, that is the phrase isn't it. Um, but then I have to talk about those same things over and over again. Because they keep happening. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, excuse me, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, Lindelof had another bad game, I won't mention it this time though, because I mentioned it last time, I I have to talk about why they had a bad game and what they did wrong, but sometimes I try to not sort of go over the exact same things too many times, um, but yeah, Lindelof, I'll give him a four, three, whatever, I'll give him a yeah whatever so there we go uh tell us uh give him i was gonna say like a five or a six kind of kind of an average game uh he did make a few mistakes although he did score a goal so i do have to give him a bit more of a point for scoring a goal so i guess i'll go with an average six it it was fine i suppose uh pogba today um tell you what this is where we get into some different difficult stuff because the midfield just didn't move enough Pogba, um, how well did Pogba play today? He was fine, I suppose. Um, but I think I'll probably give him an average six as well. Um, Matomane will give him a five because he didn't do the job he was supposed to do. But then the thing is, the thing is with that with Matomane, right? That's not what he. That's not how he plays football. Matomane's not a CDM. We we all saw it today. Um. He wasn't doing that role properly. And Matic came on for what... Uh, how, how long was it? 15 minutes? He was one of the earlier ones, wasn't he, to come on. But Matic is actually a CDM. So if you bring Matic on... Yes, he's going to do a better job than McTominay doing a CDM. Because that's what he does. It's like if you've got a plumbing problem... And then you hire a gardener to do it. The gardener can't do it properly. And then you get a plumber in to do it. Well, the plumber's going to do a better job of it. Because that's what they actually do. As opposed, you know, and it, uh, like you know, Matomane's not a CDM, so he's not going to be able to do that role properly. Um, yes, he's a midfielder, but there's specific roles within midfield. You know, box to box, you got your uh, attacking midfielder and your CDM. At least with the way that we play, um, that's just not his job. But, but and and Pogba's not going to do that because Pogba's an attacking midfielder or a sort of pivot, box to box kind of attacking midfielder. So. Yeah, like is that is it Motomani's fault that he wasn't that good? It's not really. But uh anyway, so uh I can't even remember what score I gave him now. I think it was a six or a five or something. So Greenwood, um Uh Greenwood, again just another another player that's been played out of position. Because um, I, I don't care what anybody says to me. If Ollie himself wants to tell me Greenwood's not a right winger. Sancho's not a left winger. Scott McTominay's not a central defensive midfielder. So stop playing them in those positions. Greenwood's a striker. Sancho's a right winger. And McTominay's a box-to-box midfielder. So play them in their actual positions. Um, People keep talking about, oh, Sancho's playing really badly at Man United. He's out of position. He's literally... Being put on the other side of the field than what he's used to playing on. He played on the right wing for Dortmund. And he played there on the few times he's played for England. 
like you're literally switching him over to the other side of the midfield. What's the difference, right? I know someone like Delo is a bit more suitable for that. Imagine one Basaka, right? Because I'm, I'm I'm trying to compare the Sancho situation to other players. Imagine one Basaka, right? We know him as a right back. You wouldn't play him at left back, would you? Um. And again, like Sancho, you're not supposed to play him on the left wing because he's a right winger. Put the put the pieces of the puzzle in the right place, and then you might see them actually work a bit better. So anyway, Greenwood on the left wing, sorry, the right wing. I did notice actually at one point that Sancho and Greenwood just swapped wings. <laughs> so yeah, um, but anyway, uh, I think I'll give Greenwood another average six. I'll give Bruno a seven. I think I'll give Sancho. Um, six. I know I've given a lot of sixes out, but it was a, just a bit of an average performance from the team. Then I'll give Ronaldo a. Ronaldo was very isolated today, wasn't he? People were saying that Ronaldo was ha- was having a bad game, but he didn't have much of the ball. Like, how many chances did Ronaldo actually have? One, basically, which he scored, uh, which was the 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 pass from the sort of pass from Lingard, and he scored it. So another six, I guess. You know, so um, that's the substitutions. Sorry, that's the uh, the, the starting eleven substitutions. Cavani looked pretty good. I thought we had a just above average performance. I'll give him a 7. Fred uh, came on so late. I mean, he did cross that ball for um, uh, Ronaldo and Lingard to, to, to score. So I guess he did a little something. Uh, Lingard got the assist, so that's pretty good. Matic did pretty good when he came on. I'd probably give them a bunch of like 6s and 7s. So, yeah. Uh, but there we go. That's my thoughts on this game. Um, I should be more happy, shouldn't like you? You're probably listening to me and thinking like you sound really like down because I, I I tend to I tend to shift my anger towards disappointment when it comes to certain things. It's not because like oh I'm disappointed. Yeah, it was two one. I want this team to start playing better football. It's not good to watch. Um, and we were just very lucky. In this game. Like, I don't think some people are necessarily going to realise. How lucky we were in this game. Yeah we scored two goals from very good. Sort of kind of. Sort of individual moments to so to speak. But Villarreal if they were more clinical. They would have scored five or six. And then we would have lost. Um, we get very lucky again. Because it happened against West Ham. And against Aston Villa. If those three teams. So Villarreal today. Um. I mean, we lost to Aston Villa anyway, so forget forget that part. Um, what? Or I, I'll go back to that part actually and rephrase it. We could have been thrashed by those teams if they had been more clinical. Aston Villa could have beat us by more goals. West Ham could have beat us by more goals. Um, they could have beaten us in the two-one win that we got if they were more clinical. And Villarreal should have beaten us today if they were more clinical. But t- today, that was more to do with De Gea and the saves that he made, which were fantastic. So, And you could see, like, the camera cut to him a few times. You can see him yelling at the team of, like, I mean, I don't know what he's saying, but, like, come on, you know? Uh, anyway, next time we move on to um, Everton, I think. Let me just check. Saturday. It's, a, it's an earlier kickoff. I think this one's actually on TV. Uh, yeah, BT Sport. 
Saturday, half past 12. Uh, that's pretty soon after this game, actually, because it's only third, because it's late night on... This was at Old Trafford, so it's in the UK. It's almost 11 o'clock now. Um, yeah, and that was... So, yeah, like, you know, late at night on a Wednesday, and then we play early, like, not in the morning, but sort of midday Saturday. So you only really get Thursday and Friday to rest, or I don't know what I don't know what they do in the in the in the in in between uh, two days. So uh, there we go. Half past twelve. Everton uh, Saturday. Then I think there's an international break. Let me just very quickly check. I'll need to go onto my Sky Sports app for that. So Saturday, Everton. Go to Tuesday. Women's Women's Champions League. Then there's international games though. Yeah, Na- Nations League, Italy and Spain. Um, Burnley women are playing. That's interesting. Saturday. Um, it's got a bunch of championship games. Sunday. No, there's no games popping up anyway. Apart from uh, like women's football and stuff, I'm I'm curious actually. No, nobody's ever asked me, but I'm curious to check out Man United women's football. It is on Sky and BT and stuff. So, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, nothing. Saturday, sixteenth, nothing. Oh, Leicester away, Saturday, sixteenth of October. So you can take away most of October then for for that. And then we're not in the Carabao Cup anyway. Um, when do we play after that? Atalanta. Uh, the following Wednesday, so the twentieth. Those are the two. Those are the two games after the Everton one on Saturday. So anyway, there we go. Thanks very much for listening. Let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever about anything that I said today regarding the team and everything else. And what do you think of the goals? And let let me know what you thought as well. Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes to get involved. Uh, if you like what you've heard today, you can listen to, excuse me, you can support Entertainment Talk by either listening to more episodes. They are available on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, so go and find us on there. You can just search for Entertainment Talk on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, word of mouth, social media, let other people know about the contents, uh, let them know what we do and where they can find it. So either word of mouth, social media, Facebook, Twitter, those sort of places, so check that out as well, or consider doing that. Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, add free podcast review options, check that out as well if you'd like to, or use those options as well if you'd like to. Uh, David's still posting TV and film news over on Geek Town, that's Geek Town, UK and Geek Town Radio, you can find Geek Town Radio as well on your favourite podcast platform. A new episode from yesterday, from Tuesday available to be listened to so have a look at that that's geektown.co.uk and geektown radio for your tv and your film news bex is still streaming daily or regularly over on twitch trista bites trista b-y-t-e-s go and give her a follow over there she's doing some really good stuff so go and support what she's doing uh me you can find me on twitch as well etalk uk i might stream some of that greenwood career mode maybe at some point uh doing pretty well in it but uh, you can find me on twitch as well eTalk UK for all of those different uh, Let's Plays and if you want YouTube notifications which I do need to update the YouTube channel for that. Uh, if you want those videos the YouTube notification videos for the podcasts and the archive Twitch streams from the Let's Plays you can find us on YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening and I'll see you all on uh, well Friday for Ted Lasso and Saturday for Everton I'll see you then. Goodbye <laughs>